Live from the Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. Nova Home Loan Studios on this Tuesday, just a couple days away from the NFL Draft. Exciting times. Lots of bets. I think we've actually suppressed some of the betting talk. We've got we've got a lot rolling. I don't know about money-wise, but we've got a lot of interest in this draft. John Von Tobel's here. He likes to bet the draft. And you know, it's one of the cool things that's made it even more interesting than the past. And we've, uh, we've got a hometown team now in the Raiders. So we'll get into the Raiders and what they could do at number 17. And this could be wild. Could be wild. Could be uh, a wild card available at 17. Let's get into the Big Five. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. You know, John, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I was never really a big movie guy as a as a kid growing up and into my twenties, and I've come to appreciate movies more. I don't know that I appreciate the theater experience. I don't know that I'm going back. I don't know that I miss it. Uh, but I'm also blind and deaf, so you know. You should like it then. Massive screen and loud sound. Uh, maybe. Right up your alley. I'm not even sure it's worth it. But I mean, there are certain movies. The, the cinematic experience is awesome, especially you know some of these Marvel movies. And I've been to one movie the last like nine months. Uh, it was a friend of ours renting out a theater, which was very cool. Oh, there was like 20 it. of us in the theater. So, how about you? Yeah, I went to the movies yesterday. Really? First time in a while. Fully, no idea. Fully inoculated. Let's go out in public. Okay. It was cool. I actually kind of missed it. Like we got the whole thing. Like we got popcorn. A hot dog. We sat there and had a drink and like watched the movie. It was the comfy chairs. It was a really I like I actually I looked over at my wife at one point. I was like, we haven't been to a movie in like over a year. I think the last movie actually we might have seen was like Endgame, like Avengers Endgame. That was two oh, wow. years ago. Um so something coming out of the pandemic where you've come to appreciate it. So the time away has actually done you some good. Yeah. Like hundred like and look, it's been cool that some of these movies come out at like HBO Max and you know, it's great. But the, you know, there is something to be said about like the sound system, the quality of, you know, the uh, the quality of the animation and you know just movie in general. We we saw an animated film, uh, and so the animation was really good and, and fantastic. So that was a really cool part of it. But yeah, it was a really cool experience. Like it was something that we kind of appreciate now a little bit. I hope I hope the theaters come back. I hope movies out and about. I hope people go out. It's all yeah. cool. It's good for business. It's good for Vegas, right? I mean, all these places have invested in theaters. I also look at, and on the flip side, I've seen a lot more movies the last year because you know I'm a cheap bastard right and the fact that i i'm not going somewhere for 15 bucks and then walking out going that was that was terrible right well and i feel really gypped when when it's part of a package on tv i'm like eh, it wasn't good but so what and that's why too like when you talk about like paying for it right for example that raya and the last dragon movie that came out on disney we really wanted to see it but then you realize we had to pay 30 bucks on top of the subscription already have <laughs> no Right. That was ridiculous. Right. But it, I'll pay the extra to actually sit in the theater and get the quality and everything like that. So, and by the way, I think we pulled one off. I won't mention where we went. I think the guy forgot to charge us something. So we got, you know, my stepfather came with us. So was, tell me the hot dogs were free. Large, large popcorn. Get this large popcorn, small popcorn, hot dog, two medium drinks, $18. Wow. At a movie theater? Yeah. He forgot something. He had to have, right? Like, that's, <laughs> that's like, that's insanely cheap. Like, my man forgot something. Or he thought my wife was by herself and then didn't realize that I was part of the crew. Number four. By the way, saw the Demon Slayer movie. Check it out, bro. Mugen Train. Number four. Really good. Number four. 
Leon's getting angry. Tanjiro on his journey to become a demon slayer. I am shocked. Thank you. I'm trying to get to it. I am shocked that you watched a movie instead of you pulled yourself away from the NBA for like two and a half, three hours. Did you miss a crazy deal last night? What happened to Kevin Love? Oh, yeah, that was great. So yesterday, look, this is actually Kevin Love's done this before. If you remember the beeline era. There was a moment where he like screamed at Colin Sexton and like directed him over to a specific spot on the floor offensively because he just wasn't going there. So Kevin Love is clearly fed up playing in Cleveland and just losing all these games. It doesn't help that he's off injured and kind of stinks. So, you know, if you were worth something, you'd probably get out of there already, Kev. Um, so we, we got to see something brilliant yesterday where on an inbounds after giving up a bucket to the Toronto Raptors, the ref throws the ball to Kevin Love who immediately just slaps the ball inbounds to Malachi Flynn, who picks it up and is like, all right, cool, wide open three from the wing, and hits it. <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant in the fact that Kevin Love is so clearly pissed off and doesn't want to be there anymore that he's giving up free buckets to the other team. I don't know if I would ever do something like this, like throw a hissy fit to this extent, right? It's the equivalent of, I would think, in radio, like just refusing to opening my mic and like just not talking. For a segment or yeah, something I've like that. Yeah, I've seen that before. Right. Sure, I think someone sit there in right, silence. Right. You know what I mean? Walk out and I'll come back for a while. Right. So I think that is the equivalent. I've never done that in my profession, but it is pretty amazing to see a grown man do that. I saw a lot of people saying, like, describing it as quitting. That just sounds like someone who's just pissed off. I mean, I, I think that could be something I would do. Yeah. Just so fed up, be a horrible, horrible sore loser. Like, screw it. Yep. You know. Just one possession. You just exercise the frustrations real quick. Get it out. Yeah, quitting is like just not playing. Like, he loves to win. Loves to win. It's yeah. an intangible we're looking for. Oh, you also have to control your emotions. You can't freaking lose it, especially at his age. Top they, three stories. They handle it internally. Number three. The dangerous, no, dangerous statement. Yeah, they handle it internally. More Kyle Pitts. Oh, man, I'm going to be laughing on Friday. I'm not rooting against a kid, but... You guys were, you and Sammy were just bragging about, ah, we got him. We loaded up on him. We've loaded up on him. I'm not bragging because it's not final yet. Yeah. I just, I love all the prices that I got yeah. because I got a lot of plus signs next to my price. So you guys are all inside of the, you know, five and a half pick and I'm over. Um, I just, I think at some point, man, the, the hype just gets crazy. I was listening to, uh, Joy Taylor on one of the Fox shows today, and she started talking about Kyle Pitts. But he's the Chase Young of this year's draft. He's the guy this year outside of Trevor Lawrence that everybody knows is going to work, that he's NFL ready. He has high expectations, as he should. So I love this. And the Cowboys are about making headlines, not winning Super Bowls. So who cares about giving up all those picks and shoring up that defense that gave up the most points in franchise history last year? Who worries about that when you can have a, you know, popcorn-ready offense that wows everybody and then fizzles out in the playoffs as the Cowboys often do? Which I'm here for. I'm here for the headlines and and the fun. We know the Cowboys don't build that way. So I'm all in on it. Get Kyle Pitts. He's going to be a sure thing in this year's draft. And him with Dak Prescott is much must watch television. Okay, he, I don't think he's going to the Cowboys. He's not going to get there. Uh, would Jerry Jones trade up for him and trade equity to get him? Probably. So I mean, it, I mean possibility. It's the same guy who had to get dragged away from drafting Johnny Manziel, allegedly, right? Yes. So. Who they lucked into Dak Prescott? Right. They wanted Connor Cook. Yep. Also, they were trying to trade up for Paxton Lynch. Oh my god! And the the you know the fallback. Well, we'll take that fourth round kid won't amount to nothing I think she was kidding about the Cowboys and their defense they need help on defense now that there is there is an attitude and we talked about this with the Raiders I know it's some philosophy out there that hey the defense is just not going to get good enough 
in the next couple of years. And if you're going to have the 24th, the 25th best defense, 31st best defense, just be, you know, Chiefs light and be unbelievable on offense. I don't think that's the way to go for the Cowboys. I don't think he's getting to the Cowboys. I would be willing to bet. I guess we could work out the amount. Would you bet me on, like, how sure? Because she kept saying, sure thing, sure thing, sure thing. Chase Young is freaking good. Yeah. He's a man-child. So give me, give me man-child, Chase Young-level receptions and yardage. If he's Chase Young, what does that mean for Kyle Pitts this year? Wow. 70 and 1,100 yards? 10 touchdowns? That's what she said. Yeah. But to me, that's Chase Young. That's offense of Chase Young, right? Well, how many sacks did Chase Young have last year? Whatever, it's impact on the game. What was his what was what was his grade what was his grade what was his grade for the year? I'll look this up right, right? now. Because you're throwing out an insane stat line. We have to we also have to compare 70 this to Chase Young. Okay, well the, the way rookie, that's a the way people are talking about him, they're like he's he's Kelsey or Kittle or Waller. I, I gave him seventy catches for eleven hundred. Chase Young overall grade eighty seven point two solo sacks. tackles, thirty three, six sacks last year. Okay. Well then, Man, the way the, the way she was going crazy about Chase Young, Chase no, Young's know. not even Chase Young, right? All right, so but but guaranteed top five pick as a I freaking hate tight ends in the top ten. I think it's stupid, um, right? But you're also I think your mistake here is you're viewing him as a traditional tight end, right? That's that's fine. I I, I don't know that even you know playing more of the role that Kelsey plays or Kittle plays. So give me give me realistic numbers. I'll go with. Can I go with sixty receptions? 750 yards and five touchdowns. That seems like a very achievable. So two out of three is a winner? Sure. You're going to go over on all three? No, I never said that. I think he's going to be really good. Come on! You're, you're putting words into my I'm not Joy Taylor. What did you do? 60, 750, and five touchdowns? Yeah. You went conservative because I was actually going to – I was going to go like – 50 catches and 700 yards. I mean, and like, I would have gone under. I mean, like, because, like, these are, like, these are all parts of, like, different conversations. Like, in five years, Kyle Pitts could be everything that you expect him to be. But we also have to realize that he is, you know, a young kid, a rookie, and there is going to be some sort of learning curve. There is sometimes, right? But what he is over the long term still pays off. So I don't know if can he's going to come out. Can we just like bet? That. Can we just bet uh, PFF grade? We'll get rid of all the numbers. Then we're kind of dealing so what's, with. What's the then we're dealing. Part? Then we're dealing with a subjective, right? <laughs> subjective measure for a bet. You I'll said go, you I'll said Chase Young was eighty three and a half. Uh, eighty seven point two. Eighty seven point two. All right. Uh, you know what? I got. I'll, I'll, I'll go over up. if you want those those benchmarks. I said I will go over two of three. Um, we'll work it out because I want to see. I also want to see grade wise what Kelsey and Kittle and Waller were. Joy, I mean, Joy was talking about him like he's he's coming in the league and blowing it up. Right. And maybe he will. Maybe a year from now, I'll be like I was a moron who was willing to bet. Under 50 catches, under 700 yards. I mean, it took a couple years, but your Zeke Elliott prediction started to come to fruition. What was my prediction? You thought he was going to be terrible. Well, I just thought at the floor pick, a running back is a ridiculous and selection. Like, for he like was, three years, he was freaking awesome. Yeah, and he then now he's good. kind of falling off. Funny enough, after seeing him like in a couple of games every year after that, I was like, he, I swear he's been my fantasy right. running back every single year. Last year, eh, didn't work out. Top two. Number two. Uh, reports from CBS Sports saying Jimmy G. Could be gone before the draft. Do you believe that? Let's hear. I want to hear a little Stephen A. on Jimmy G. Because I'm always curious when Stephen A. starts getting worked up and is going over the top. But the Niners could be moving on Jimmy G. even before they make the pick. Yeah, I'm more interested in talking about whether it should be Mac Jones or Justin Fields or, or, or Trey Lance as opposed to, you know, Jimmy G. staying there. We all know 
that Jimmy G is not going to be there. Think about what mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch has done. John Lynch is the general manager and has basically stepped back and said, this is going to be Kyle Shanahan's pick. Okay. Do we know that, by the way? What, that is Kyle Shanahan's pick? Right. Well, I mean, I've, we've also seen reports saying that they are they are split on this, and Shanahan likes someone different than Lynch and <laughs> ownership. Right? Yeah, I would probably. So who gets the final say? If that's the case, if right. they don't have a consensus with, you know, the rest of the staff and Lil Shanny. I feel like if I was in a position of power and I got to choose, I guess I would lean toward the guy whose offense it is. But God, my eyes tell me so many different things. You, you do realize, and I know Stephen A, you know, he just blew me off there, right? Um, you do realize Jimmy G's landing spot, I think, is as big a story as who they take at three. Because where Jimmy... Where Garoppolo goes, I mean, could make a major impact with a team of now. Not if he sucks. Well, I mean, following it, right? Mm -hmm. what, what if it's the Patriots and they give up some good draft stock and then he blows? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The impact it's is, a massive it could story. be negative or There's positive. That, but there, there you, got, you, got, you got several teams who are like, this is our quarterback? I, to me, their, their whole outlook for next season changes. I don't like Garoppolo. You don't like Garoppolo. But if you're going to trade a second or a third for him, you must like him. It changes the the immediate look of that franchise. Which goes back to my point with all of this when it comes to trading up for like right trading up to four as we bring it back to the Falcons all the time. We like are we're forgetting that there are two quarterbacks on the market, proven quarterbacks, whether you know, the level of provenness we can talk about, right? That's not really a word, but Teddy Bridgewater and Jimmy Garoppolo are two serviceable quarterbacks that could go and start for any team in the NFL right now. And so that's why that changes things. The Broncos could get Teddy Bridgewater and become a playoff team. Right for next to nothing in terms of trading up in comparison, yeah. right for one of these quarterbacks, the Patriots are in the same boat. Either one of those two guys would fill that hole nicely, or sit behind Cam Newton. Like regardless, Jimmy G kind of checks the box of potential franchise guy going forward if you can work out with him. Bears, right? The Bears. So that's why, to me, when again I've like reiterated this a thousand times, when we talk about like, hey, top like five quarterbacks going to the top five, Kyle Pitts sliding past four. To me, there's just no realistic scenarios that make you think that a team would trade up to go get Justin Fields or Trey Lance when he could probably just be there wherever they're at. They moved up and gave up first-round picks to move up to the number three overall pick in this year's draft. You don't do that to keep Jimmy G. You do that because you're planning on moving on from Jimmy G. And then he had the press conference and said, hey, not tomorrow's not guaranteed. None of us might be here tomorrow. That's your argument. Apparently, yes. <laughs> That's your argument. God, he's so good. Such a good order. He is. <laughs> he's awesome. He always lets it's a reaction. Even if you cut it at an odd spot in his point. Right. Doesn't matter. It still hits home. Right. So the, the other thing that's coming out of this is if Garoppolo is gone beginning a draft early in the draft, now everyone's starting to formulate what's going to happen with the three pick. And uh, it's... I, for some reason, it's set in stone that, hey, Trey Lance is a project while Mac Jones isn't. I don't, no one knows that, and no one knows from organization to organization what people think of Trey Lance. Of course. And yeah. on top of that, you just mentioned the other X factor. You could draft Trey Lance, deal Garoppolo, because people are like, oh, if you get Trey Lance and you're going to keep Garoppolo because you got to have a bridge to get to Trey Lance, you could deal Garoppolo if you're getting good return and freaking work on something to get Bridgewater. Yeah. I mean, that's... I don't, I don't care. You know what? If you get Trey Lance, go get Minshew Mania for five games, and Lance is ready after five or six games. Well, Kyle Shanahan could also just be cocky enough that he thinks that he could do it with Trey Lance. 
They may believe that Trey Lance, like, hey, we can coach him up. Our system, this, you know, super potential guy can walk right in and play well. You're right. Isn't that, isn't, if you're, if you're a fan of the Niners, isn't that kind of cool that you have a coach who's so confident, like, I will make this offense work with any quarterback? I mean, you talk about the narrative of Jimmy G and where he goes. The narrative going forward over the next few years, Kyle Shanahan's reputation is totally on the line here with whatever quarterback he selects with this third overall pick, especially if it's not Fields and if it's one of Jones or Lance, and he rolls with them as the guy week one. Like, this is the ultimate, like, all right, man, you made it to one Super Bowl, but you got a losing record. Everybody thinks you're a genius, even though the results haven't exactly been there. You're on the line now, bro, because if you're cocky enough to think you can take one of those two guys and just take on the league with that, okay, let's see if you can do it. Number one. We deviate from the norm. Quick timeout. Pay some bills here. We're going to come back, get into uh, the wild mock draft of Chris Sims and get you all set up for a good conversation with Stormy Bonatoni. And we'll talk uh, hockey on the macro level about the TV deal and also what's happening with the playoffs. If the border between the U.S. and Canada, if this thing isn't changed from the Canadian side, how the hell are we going to have the playoffs? It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. So I get where Mac Jones can be a specific fit and would excel there with the 49ers, but I would still argue to me Trey Lance would, would be the better option. When I look at everything that Mac Jones does well, Outside of the, the pinpoint accuracy, I can make a strong case that you have the same processing ability from Trey Lance. He's got a better arm. He's a better athlete. And I think with some mechanical tweaks, he can match up with the accuracy with Mac Jones. So to me, I'm going with the upside. I would go uh, with Trey Lance. But all we hear is it's pointing towards Mac Jones. Cofield and company is back. You think the Niners are enjoying all this drama, all this attention? Feels like it, right? Yes. That was Daniel Jeremiah talking about Trey Lance should be the guy, not not Mac Jones. Did you bet Trey Lance at all? Yeah, I, I got off a little on Fields. When I bet him, I did too. So I got Fields at third overall plus 180, and I have Lance plus 375 to go third overall. I bet Fields again at three at seven to one. Why not? I'm not I'm not I'm not letting this go. I mean, look, there's there's a lot of <laughs> reputable though, names. Even the report is out there. He's he's not in the mix. I, don't I, will, care. I will say this until he's actually selected, whoever it is. Yeah. There are a lot of reputable names obviously reporting that it's either you know Mac mm-hmm. Jones or, or Trey Lance. But when every bit of analysis of these quarterbacks is Fields is better, it just doesn't make <laughs> sense. It just re- really doesn't. Yeah. And so like I I'll believe it when I see it, essentially. So I'm not entirely like Logic says that, you know, it's not going to be Fields, but I like the price that I got, and I will, you know, I'll sit on it until, of course, it's not accurate. So, Jeremiah is good. He's, you know, he's dialed in. He worked in the NFL as a scout. Chris Sims, I think, is very dialed in, doing his work with PFT and others. Uh, This crazy draft, is it just based on, like, one or two people slipping? I saw it pitches this crazy mock draft. I looked at it, I'm like, okay, what's so crazy here? I guess he's got Justin Fields. Tumbling big time. Right. He's got Fields as the last overall, uh, last selection of the first round, 32nd overall. So, to the, by the way, Buck and, you know, 32 yeah. Buccaneers. Right. Be a pretty good situation if I was Fields, by the way. If I was going to think, learn behind, learn behind Tom Brady. Right. <laughs> and by the way, inherit potentially a really good offensive line to play behind too. And like in the coming years. So I would be totally down with that. You never know, man. You never know. Cause, uh, hell, there were a lot of people who thought, Lamar Jackson was, you know, definitely uh, in that top 16 and he slipped all the way to the bottom of the first. 
So here's my thing, because a lot of people are, are crapping on and mocking his mock draft. So when I initially saw this, I wanted to be like, moron, what are you doing, Fields? Is, and then I thought, how, how do I know? Right. How does anybody no know? No one knows. I, I, I say this freaking the entire draft season. He does people, have you you, you people are reading, it's the same mock draft cannibalized. Right. Over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, people who do mock drafts, they start looking at it, and they're not connected. By the way, if you think that NFL uh, personnel people, GMs, aren't getting enough contact with the players, how much do you think the media really has contact right now with NFL personnel people? Mm-hmm. Like, do, do they have the same sourcing they normally had? I just, I, I'm telling you, I feel like, and I, that's why I love what the Westgate did. With the uh, Raiders' first pick at seventeen, they've got eight guys at twelve to one. It might have changed today, but when they released it, Raiders are crazy. Right. Well, you and I we're, talked we're, about we're it. not nailing a guy at six to one. The top eight are all twelve to one. Well, you and I talked about it. I'd also bet the field because I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> uh, right? We talked about the field went from seven to one. It's like freaking two hundred now. Right. He's no idea what they're going to do. <laughs> they've got they've got like sixteen guys listed. You want to bet the field? You still got to pay for that. Right. So like so Raiders, the overall thing here and like. There's a reason why these draft nicks come out with multiple mock drafts, right? There's a reason why you don't just see one guy go, number one, here you go. Like, there's these adjust and these change over time for a reason. But yeah, I I've, I wanted to mock this, but I was like, hey, nobody knows. Like, you, he could be completely right. Now, and, and you know where this all started, right? Where? With Kuiper. Oh, yeah. Where Kuiper would flip out about where guys were picked. And this is, you know, and then he and McShay had big fights. I forgot who the, who was the defensive end who went to Jacksonville. I look up the name, but they flipped out on each other. You know, it wasn't Ngakwe, was it? No, oh, okay. no. But it's like you know, he sp- he was going to go to twenty five spots later, and yeah. it's like, how do you know? I mean, were you talking to every team freaking between now and the next twenty five picks? I, and that's so to that point, right? We can bring the Raiders back up. I and many openly mocked the Raiders for selecting Wait. Cleveland Farrell number four. Yep. It, the thought was. Why? Like, he's a guy who's – who knows at number five? I can't remember the draft order that year. Who knows if he was going to be gone at five? Maybe someone else in the next ten picks loved him. Right. You know, as a team with three first-round picks that year, the thought was you potentially could have gotten him with one of those back-end first-round picks. You could have gone in a different direction. None of us know that. The only reason why we thought that is we consume all the same mock drafts and all the same analysis from all the same people who think that, and thus we have that opinion. So – it's potentially a reach just because we've set the parameters ourselves right. that it's a reach. So, exactly. Yeah. So I like mock like this mock. I uh, now I will say the thing that I do love about this that I don't want to mock, but I think is fascinating is he's got like four first round trades here. Like he's got Carolina and Washington swapping picks. I would love to see what the bounty is on that because that's a really big move to go from nineteen to number eight overall. Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should, too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments. You know, I think uh, we have a strong group. We have guys that are stepping up, um, you know, in in certain situations that that we need them to. And, um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, that's really helping out. It's time for VGK ringside reporter Stormy Bonantoni on Cofield and Company. Stormy's with us. Stormy! Hello! What's going on? <laughs> that was a pretty like dramatic, intense introduction. I really enjoyed that. 
Well, we get right to it. There's no messing around. Right uh, we, this is a very I, serious, serious spot. Uh, who do you want the Niners to take a quarterback? Or can you even follow the NFL draft? Well, you have a break right now. Actually, you can. Uh, who do you want? It's funny you say that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a 49ers fan, like you said, and um, I I'm not sure. Like I feel like everybody's for whatever reason really anti Justin Fields in that spot, but I think it makes a lot of sense. I just I feel bad for the whole situation with Jimmy G. Honestly, like he's just been so injury riddled, never worked out to the extent that everybody hoped him to, and so you know that there's. I mean, they traded up so much to get that spot at three. You know they're taking a quarterback. It's just a matter of who. So I think it's Justin Fields. I think that would be cool. I still just can't get over how much people have fallen in love with Zach Wilson uh, to have him be up there in that number two spot so much. But I'm excited for the draft. We don't have a game that day. So I'll, I'll be watching it just like the rest of the world. Uh, we're on this show. We're very in touch with our masculinity and femininity, um, if I can say the second word. But uh, we have had long conversations about Mac Jones having a dad body and being out on Mac Jones and big nipples. I'm not so concerned about the nipples, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. John's very much into it. But what about a what about a dad bod when you're 22, 23, and you could be the the CEO of a franchise? I think dad bods are the way of the future. I'm all in on the dad bod. I'm not. I'm not looking. I'm not. I'm clearly not analyzing nipples as closely as you guys are when it comes to these young men. <laughs> not me. That's John. That was John. I don't have any. I'm not analyzing any of that. John, are you okay with this? Do we? Can we this move on? Safe. Come on. Look at those things. Wait. Did she? Did, did Stormy just say it was insane? Did you? I said. Or the analysis. Safe. I. I think they're normal. I don't. I don't really have a problem with well, it. Well, then I have questions about your nipples. I might have to take off my shirt and, and uh, show off how pouty I am. All right, Stormy, let's get into. Uh, well, first of all, I don't have a transition for that smut. Um, what does this extended break mean for the Knights? I mean, it's kind of weird this time of the year, and I, I wonder if there are people with the Knights who are like, "Come on, come on, we would like to be playing right now. We're hot as a pistol." Um, you know, I think that the break was really really welcomed by everybody honestly i mean they had a slew just a week and a half ago where they played six games in nine days and now to have one and seven three and ten like it's really nice it gives you a little bit of a sense of normalcy and just to heal up some bodies obviously the golden knights have had some injury problems lately so um i think it was very welcomed give people a chance to hang out with their family for a little bit binge watch some tv shows you know whatever you need just to get out of the day-to-day, I guess, of the rigors of a normal season because this season has been, like I said, so wild. There's so many games packed in a short amount of time. And especially, like, to have a little rest going into that Colorado game, I think will be important for the team just to feel like they're at their best going into a game. And knowing that the win streak that they have been on, they did finish on a high note. So it's not like they lost a game and are kind of dwelling on that for a couple days going into the Colorado game. They had a a pretty dominant win, and they're feeling good about themselves. And um, it's going to be a competitive game tomorrow. I think that the team's really excited, and they enjoyed the time that they got to have to themselves. So, Stormy, this season is pretty unique, but generally, like when it comes to sports, we usually see teams when they get extended rest during a hot streak, like it's not really the best in terms of continuity of that win streak. So there's no worry that this team comes out, for lack of a better term, a little rusty after a long layoff. I think that that's always a risk, but I mean, there it's kind of a twofold thing, right? It's like, is the rest useful for you or is there rust? So like, it's always one or the other, and that's going to be the narrative one way or the other, dependent on just how that first period even goes. And you can expect it either way, but the Golden Knights, generally speaking, tend to do really well coming out of those breaks. Whereas, um, you know, I think that there are, are other teams where just 
statistically, trend-wise, they do have more rust when they come out of the gates. The Golden Knights, as a team, historically, have had success coming out of uh, extended rest periods. Stormy Bonatoni is with us. Sorry to cut you off, Stormy. Stormy's up on Cofield and company. Hey, I would also be shocked if the Knights came out of the break uh, with a letdown. I mean, look at the opponent. I mean, these are such gigantic games. you got you got to get fired up for the Avs. Yeah, and it's, that's another thing. It's totally easy for them to to be in a position where they're going to be wanting to fight for every inch in this game. I mean, everyone always compares them in this division to the abs, and that's kind of the measuring stick in this division right now is, okay, the Golden Knights, like everybody, for whatever reason, I mean, it's, it's warranted to an extent because of the level of play in certain teams in the division that the Golden Knights always beat up on lesser teams, right? Their record against teams that are under 500 this year leads the league. It's like 29-5-1 or something like that crazy. Um, But it's because of the level of of teams that they have to play every single day. So when you have a team like Colorado that is as successful as they are, that play such a fast, tough game like they do and are so good and are that measuring stick, it's really easy for a team to get up for those games. And they've had the battles. They've had the back and forth. The Avs are a team that has made the Golden Knights look bad, and they don't want to look bad. They want to finish first in the division. They want to be in the best possible spot they can going into the postseason. So I think tomorrow is going to be a fun game. No Grubauer, though, right? Yeah, and that was kind of expected, obviously. the He was in COVID protocol longer than most on that end for the Abs, and I think that's another opportunity for the Golden Knights to try to capitalize on if they can, that they are going to have to deal with somebody who isn't Philip Grubauer, whether it's Dubnik or Johansson. I'm not sure who they've settled on to play in that game, but um, the, yeah, the fact that it's not Grubauer I think is big if you can collect that win and continue to extend a little bit of your place in the West. And then, who knows, have it all come down to that, what, second-to-last game of the season when you're playing them again. Next week or two, and it may be longer, what's uh, what's going on injury-wise with uh, Nick Waugh and uh, Nosek? Yeah, so we got a little bit of an update from Pete DeBoer at today's media availability. Nosek, it sounds like, is the – I mean, not – in a bad spot, but the worst off, I guess, of the group of players that have been injured. He said that he's not not quite day-to-day, like he would call Nick Waugh day-to-day, and Riley Smith and Keegan Colasar, who both were back at practice today, are game-time decisions for tomorrow. All three of those players, he said, kind of just depends on how they're looking and feeling. But Nosek, um, a little bit lengthier, it sounds like, of an injury, but he said he's not even worried about the end of the season or looking into playoffs, so it sounds like in the next week or two um he's expecting at least for nosek to be back and available stormy around the sport how are people reacting to now a second tv deal espn signed up about a month ago now it's tnt i mean from the outside i i think this is gigantic Uh, what do hockey folks think it's so exciting truly It's, it's great that i think Hockey is finally starting to get a little bit of that national love and recognition that maybe has been lacking a little bit, and they are getting the big TV deal that they've been searching for and um, getting a little bit more of that exposure. And I think it's fun, too, to see how much it's going to extend into the streaming space. Like, obviously, TNT is looking to have options with HBO Max and to put it on that uh, platform at this point, which is really cool and exciting. Yeah, well, you know me as a young person. Um, I don't mean you're the young person. I meant I'm the young person. So the, the, my delivery fell flat there. But uh, I, I love streaming, and I got to have easy access, or my attention spans like five seconds. I can't find a game. I'm out. The other thing I need is I need quality pregame, halftime, right. and postgame, like TNT with the NBA. 
I wanted to ask you. When are you leaving? Well, listen, it's going to be a challenge to find, you know, the Barkley, the Kenny Smith, the Shaq combo. Who's the female? Who should be on the list of the of the females who should be involved in this? Because we've seen Candace Parker's gone in with the NBA show and done a really good job. Yeah, that, I think that's an excellent question. I don't know. There's a lot of very talented women in hockey, and you could definitely see some of those personalities getting poached potentially for TNT. I think that's kind of an interesting thing, though, because you have ESPN, obviously, who, while they haven't broadcast NHL on this scale for a number of years, they still have so much NHL talent in the building and already in-house, and they do have their their NHL-specific shows. But TNT doesn't really have anything like that. So I'm excited to see what they end up putting together in terms of their broadcast crews. And and I don't don't like throwing names out there. It's not not good for my brand. I think you have to go and get a bad boy, someone who uh, may be too hot to handle recently, like Roenick or Milbury. And then you do need a woman, especially if it's Milbury, to just sit there like Candace Parker does with Shaq and roll her eyes. You have to definitely have somebody that can handle personalities and drive the bus. I will say that. Yes. It's got to be somebody strong. All right. She's staying out of that one. I staying want out. heat. <laughs> I need hey, heat. As long as I get the dynamic of young something just schooling the old guy or gal on yep. analytics and making them look stupid on a nightly basis, I'm totally down with it. You're into that. That's your style. Stormy, serious subject here. I guess we can have fun with it. But uh, what is, what's going on with the border? Uh, how are we going to have the playoffs if Canada will not relent on its border policy right now with the U.S.? It's crazy to me how much, like, every time I think things are going to get better, things seem to just, get worse. So I'm waiting for the NHL to make a statement really before I kind of get into any of that personally, but it'll be interesting to see how things play out over the next couple of weeks because every time that I check on their policy or I talk to people that I know in Toronto, it's everything shut down again. Important question. Really important question. You had some time off. Did you actually get something important finished? Like did you complete a task? Um, no. God, what have you been doing? <laughs> Just chilling? Come on, we got work to do. Or, or actually, the better question is: Did you pawn something off on your guy, and the honeydew list was extensive, and he got the job done? No, my significant other actually is um, currently studying for a test, and so he has oh, a big boy. test that's tomorrow. So I've been helping with flashcards right. and stuff like that recently. And it was also my little sister's birthday over the weekend. So I was celebrating her, had a nice cake for her, and um, she's just a little knucklehead. So my, my off time has centered around other people, not myself this time around, but I definitely yeah. need to do some laundry ASAP. It's always the laundry. It's always I know it's always the laundry. It's always it's, it's always, always piling up. Uh, I assume the party was a highfalutin party catered by Olive Garden? Um, not this time around, but I'll keep that in okay. mind for my birthday in July. I'll make sure that I like, I'll see if I can get extra breadsticks delivered to the crib. Um, all about Olive Garden, but no, it was a homemade meal. We did Mexican lasagna. What is that? You've never had Mexican lasagna. It's a game changer. It's so good. Oh, really? It's basically just like you, you obviously like have to brown the meat and stuff like you normally would, um, mm-hmm. for tacos or whatever, but you do that. And then you have, like, layers of tortillas and cheese and beans and salsa and sour cream. And you just basically keep layering it like a lasagna. And then you bake it for, like, 20 minutes. And it's the best, cheesiest delight in the world. What kind of cake? 
It was a rainbow <laughs> cake with cookie dough filling, and what? she's really into space right now, so it had a space design. This is unbelievable. Well, you really like, did get something done. <laughs> it was the best cake ever. <laughs> wow. What a what a, a series of days off. Right. Wonderful. What a pick-me-up. Thanks, Stormy. You do it every time. That was great. Anytime. I'm here for you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry that I'm not more interesting, but that's no, what we that got. Was great. No, that, that really was great. Yeah, Mexican lasagna I'm, and we a were, cookie dough cake. You described both of them. We, we just sat here with mouth agape. We're like, oh, my God. We don't even know what to say. Delicious. <laughs> All right, Stormy. We'll see you. Thanks, guys. Bye. I mean, as a Mexican, a Mexican lasagna? I mean, I, you got I, plenty I, of Mexican blood in you. I think initially when you first heard about it, you were like, what's going on? I mean, the only Mexican-Italian crossover I've ever heard of is the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell. So that, that threw me for a whirl. I've never heard of cookie dough in a cake. No, no, neither have I. That was, that was, I need to look this up. All right, we need, uh, we'll be back at 59. I, I, we're going to need like 15 minutes. So we got to look into this stuff. This is, I don't know how we close the show. Want more Cofield and Company? The guys are back with their late night pod tonight at 1030. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. John, do you understand any of this? This craze the last year over cards and NFTs, and I, I don't, I don't know what is happening here. Uh, Not a LeBron either. James rookie card. What? I got nothing. I have I have not an iota of understanding of why these things. I understand the, the baseball cards a little bit more. Again, as we this the common thread is it's something tangible you can hold. My baseball card is going to be different than your baseball card because I treat it differently. It could be in better condition. I don't understand the NFTs thing. I don't. No. Ari, do you? I'm guessing no. Sure. No. No. <laughs> I'm so confused. Mm. I feel like we're missing. We should be making a fortune right now. I mean, I, um, maybe, maybe not. There's a lot of pushback on the whole Top Shots thing. A lot of people think it is uh, Pyramid Scheme-esque. Yeah, that got quiet. Yeah, it did. Pretty quick. Yeah. So I'm That was really in the glad. NBA? Yeah, I'm really glad that I did not invest a couple hundred dollars in like a Sadiq Bay three-point shot. He's going to be good one day, but I don't know if that's going to be worth anything. You're old school. You're just still about video games and the video gaming world. Well, Which, by the way, speaking of that, who wants a copy of MLB The Show for Xbox? Call our 7 364-1100-364-1100. MLB The Show 21 is out now. This actually, no, I'm not even going to say it. Not even gonna, it's not a good pitch if I connect this to like an old game. Gonna sound like an old horse's ass, and then kids these days are gonna be like, "That doesn't sound that great." Cofield played something like this in 1981. Screw that! Huh? But you can create your dream team in uh, Diamond Dynasty. Uh, play with your favorite legends, flashbacks, current day players, all on your team. Super fun! Both hardcore and uh, casual gamers will enjoy it. Three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. Caller seven, and you're not good at it yet, right? You're struggling. Uh, no, I mean, I'm I'm not good online. It's a little different online. It's definitely different. Like, frame rates off. It's a little bit slower. It definitely throws me off my timing. Uh, I lost to Ryan McKinnell the other day, 6-2. to two. Did not go very well. He's a good winner, isn't he? Uh, very much so. Very. <laughs> he's very fun to play humble. with. Yeah, very humble. Um, very humble. He's also, he's he's gotten the game, like, every single year for the last, like, 10 years or whatever. So, not a lot. Like, congrats. You beat me. He loves gaming, and he will spend anything 
he needs to to get the game early. Oh, I'm a big I'm a big gamer. Like, yeah. I, but I don't I haven't for for you since you don't know. It's actually a kind of big deal that it's on Xbox because this oh, really? has exclusively been a Sony and a PlayStation deal. I had no and idea. So this is the first year that the show is available to people who can play on the Xbox. Which, by the way is now cross-platform. So for those who do win the show today by calling 364-1100, Danny underscore sandwiches, hit me up. We'll play. I don't know what that means. It's my it's my gamer tag. Oh, okay. It's my PlayStation. I think you're referencing someone else. No, it's my PlayStation Network name because I bought it from my friend whose name is Danny, and I couldn't switch the, day, the name. So okay. I, I'm Danny underscore sandwiches. So we read you a tweet earlier. Weird scenario. I, I mean, I think she's mostly serious about this, and I had no idea she's a she's a dog crazy person. Mina Kimes from ESPN said, "No greater feeling than telling someone I'd be delighted to sit next to their dog on a plane." Am I a hero? Who is to say? I presented this scenario to you. You get to sit next to a dog. You're out, right? Yeah, or at least just just switch places with the dog. So you'd sit next to the human, but not directly next to the dog. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Chad in Denver. Uh, broadcaster does a lot of basketball says there's no scenario on any flight anywhere that I would choose to sit next to the person over their dog. He would choose the dog. He said, not Michael Jordan, not Kate Upton, no one. Hmm. So either he loves dogs or really just dis- dislikes Kate, people. Not Kate Upton, not, <laughs> I, I feel like that you would take that back. It presented with the actual opportunity. Hmm. No, I take that back. I take that back. Dog over Kate Upton. Definitely not Verlander. Get know, off man. the plane. Yeah, just people, people just suck. I don't know what's going to happen. Dogs suck. People suck. If That's Mina Kimes sends this out, do you have to top it with a like a better virtue signal for how much you love dogs? I mean, if I'm a do- like I'm a dog person, but I'm not like a dog person. So if I was like a dog person, then yeah. Hmm. Uh, tweet. I literally gave up my seat on a flight from Oklahoma City to L.A. so that the current Lassie. Could sit with her trainer. True story. Ryan McKinnell? Oh, okay. So Ryan McKinnell's a one-upper, so. <laughs> Who tweeted that out? Our buddy over on Raider Nation Radio, Vinny. Oh. I mean, it's a good story. I don't know him, so he's not my buddy. Do you even know what Lassie is? Does Lassie mean anything to anyone who's Bo- like... Or border Collie? No, I don't mean the... Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't mean the... <laughs> <laughs> no, like who Lassie is and how far Lassie goes back. No, nah, I just I'm right about that though. I think right? it's weird, isn't it? College? Shouldn't there just be one Lassie, not nine Lassies? Is it like Gallagher? I know the uh D O G O G B Y N. What's going on? You don't know about that. No, nah, I have no idea. You gotta look up Wonder Shows <laughs> and they had an animated short. There was uh, a you dog. guys in this Wonder Shows and there's a dog that would fly around and help women deliver babies. Oh, that's kinda cool. Uh, he would do it by very gruesome means. Oh wow. Uh, I don't often get in trouble like uh, some of the other company members. Members of the show on social media, kind of, you know, just kind of chill, right? Um, I will say one of the top five moments of just getting a rash of hate was I got really annoyed that I am super intense when it comes to flights, super intense, and especially with uh, Southwest and the A and the B and the C. Mm -hmm. And I start counting down the seats because I'm not a middle seat person. I'm an eternal distancer. Uh, And I... there was a there was a lady I think because it was an emotional support dog and she you know they'll take a little break between A and B and they're like families you know old people you yeah. got you got a support pet so I took a picture there's a lady sitting there with a dog and I'm you know whatever I'm like in a crucial area I think I believe crucial area because I always I always get all psyched out where I'm like if I'm out in front of B20 middle seat it's never the case. <laughs>
right? They're never going to let 78 people on between A and B. Mm -hmm. But I start freaking out. So I took a picture of this lady and the dog, and I'm like, if this dog goes on in front of me, I'm going to be irate. The dog went on in front of me. But I tweeted it out, and people were like, you are an animal. Well, not an animal, but jerk. Support dog. Wow, that, that is, is a vicious image of your. What is it? What show? D O G O G V Y S. Thanks to the folks here at Nova Home Loans. Appreciate housing <laughs> us for this show. We're back tonight, ten thirty, with the uh, Cofield and Company podcast.